And we're back. Nice, nice, beautifully done, Tyler. I, I applaud you, sir. You make it oh, seem effortless. <laughs> it was a, it was a lot. I need a drink now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be on break. Um, mm. We're back with our "I Want to Be a" series. This is part two of our "I Want to Be a Teacher" series. Uh, our our high school English teacher, our favorite teacher of all time, Mr. Brian Hayes, agreed to come back on, um, even though we abruptly ended last time. Mr. Hayes, <laughs> thank you so. Thank you so much for giving us another chance. Well, thanks for being here. <laughs> we, we, we appreciate you. God, I studied up all week to say the right thing, and I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know when the waiter brings you food, and, and they say, enjoy your meal, and you say, you too? Yeah. <laughs> same, same, same deal. deal. Yeah. Same okay. deal. Um, your heart's in the right place. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Okay. Um. So I just had a few icebreaker questions to ask you. Last time we really got to, you know, dig in deep and find out a lot about your history and, and a lot about uh, your passion for, for education and for teaching. I want to ask you just a, a two general questions. It's something that as I was thinking back about being in your classroom, um, what, what is your obsession with the show MASH? <laughs> My obsession with the show MASH? Uh, I guess it seemed like I had an obsession when I was teaching because I certainly don't have one now. Told you, Tyler. Um, but oh, what? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, as far as Mash goes, um, I just really like the characters, and I love the fact that the doctors would help anyone, regardless of whose side of the war they were on. Um, I thought the humanity displayed in that show is something we don't always see anymore. Hmm. Okay. Plus Fair enough. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's the important thing, I think. Um, and then the second question I have for you, and this is something that Tyler and I uh, speak about a lot on the show. It's the show Cheers. Have you seen the show Cheers? Uh, a couple, yeah, some episodes, I wasn't a, a steady fan. I'm familiar with the, uh, the setting in a bar in Boston. Okay, I was going to ask if you were Team Rebecca or Team Diane, but I don't, I, I'm worried you may not know enough about the characters to answer that. Well, I know who Diane is. Wasn't that Shelley Long? Yes. Yes, yeah. and Rebecca I, was I, uh, Kirstie Alley. Yeah, I took an instant dislike to her. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that settles yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, the, the other woman... Um, can you tell me the actor? actor? Uh, Kirstie Alley. Alley. Was Rita, Rita Perlman or... Oh, yeah, yeah, she was in it yeah. too. Yeah, she's definitely preferable to Diane. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I'll, yeah. I'll third on that. I'll be, I'll be the third on that one. And the and for context, the only reason why he's asking that is because we went through a whole cheers on our regular show, a whole cheers behind the scenes thing. Oh, great. So we're following that up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, I want to ask you just just an, an English question and then we'll get right into the interview. So we talk a lot and there's a lot of the uh, Tyler and I, or me and Tyler, when do people say Mr. Hayes and I? When is it right to use and I? Mm. Well, okay. First of all, you have to recognize that I is a first person pronoun subjective case. Me is first person pronoun objective case. So when you are using the subjective case, you use I, and when you're using the objective case, you use me. The classic for this is between you and blank. A lot of people like to say between you and I. Eh. Sound right. Thank you for playing. <laughs> it's because between is a preposition, you have to use the objective case, which is me. The correct way to say it is between you and me. I think okay. what happened was people thought, oh, I sound more educated if I say between you and I. Yeah. Incorrect English. So, so, but it is correct to say Tyler and I went to go get ice cream. Absolutely, because you're the subjects of that Got sentence it. requiring the subjective case. Got it. Got it. You see, now we cleared it up. It's just little things like that are pet peeves. I, I told you briefly, my girlfriend is in education and she said that drives her up the wall. And also I, when people think that a lot is one word. I understand. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, 
Uh, a lot can be one word, but it's a verb. <laughs> <laughs> it's a totally different thing. But yes, a space lot for a lot. Yeah. You know, we learned so much. I feel like we can end the episode right there. Honest to God. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I, I, out of our entire, like, sh- out of all of our shows, that was probably the most profound thing on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about your shows, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we do have a lot of uh, prepared questions for you. And, and we appreciate again that you were willing to let us grill you like this. So I just want to start off by saying, if you weren't a teacher, what, what career would you have gone after? Oh, well, I always wanted to write movies. I wanted, to, and you know, I still kind of dabble in writing. Um, I, I finished a short story a little while ago. Maybe I should send it to you guys or something. Please, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I honestly liked it. Uh, that doesn't always happen. But yes, if uh, I were going to do something else, I think I would have uh, written screenplays for a living. Okay. Mm-hmm. What okay. what genres of screenplays did you did you write? Um, all kinds. I've I've actually written one which some people seem to like. Uh, I took the song "The Little Old Lady from Pasadena." I turned her into a character, and I wrote a movie around her. Um, I also wrote a script about a veteran who returns from Iraq with PTSD. That was a while back. Mm -hmm. Um, That was pretty serious. And maybe the one that I like the most is about uh, three kids in a small town in California near Santa Barbara in 1956 and what happens to them. It's a little, little like the kids in Mockingbird, but it isn't the same kind of story. I, so, I would they, love to check these out. Yeah, they, yeah I, actually, yeah. The, 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 the last one seems like, it, I don't know. I love Stand By Me. So that last one ah, kind of. Oh yeah, well this might yeah. be a little like that. A little, okay. yeah. Well, if you both want after this episode, if you guys want to come with me, I'll show you guys a dead body. So we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. <laughs> um, speaking of, of your writing and, and all that, there's, there's a letter that you teased us with when we were in your class. It's a little bit of insight that you gave that actually uh, during the draft, when you were drafted, you, you actually wrote a letter that excused you from being drafted. Ah, uh, that that would have been my uh, conscientious objector application. I'm I, I so want to know what what was in that. I mean, what was what did you write? I mean, what did you say? Like just the gist of it. Well, they first of all, they they have form questions that you have to answer. You know, how did you arrive at your beliefs? What are they based on? That sort of thing. So, I basically. Real quick, um, when I was doing this, there were lots of people who were telling me, go see a counselor, they'll tell you what to write. And I said to that, because (laughs) I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say what I think. I'm gonna say what I feel. And that was the right way to do it because I could tell that some people who read it, uh, who were rank and file in the Navy, um, were, yeah, um, moved by it. So yeah. That, that they were, they were, it was not a bunch of rhetorical bullshit. Oh, I can't say that. A, a yeah, you can, you can. Oh, absolutely, oh, okay. you can. Rhetorical bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it was, you know, original that way. And it taught me a lesson that, Honesty in writing is extremely important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The people will, will, you'll get through to people. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I was basically saying that um, a lot of time passed for me to get to this point. It wasn't just something that happened overnight, it was a gradual development. And when I started off as a kid, my father was in World War II. We would watch um, Air Power on TV, which was a show hosted by Walter Cronkite. 
I was always very proud that the United States never lost a war. You know, I started off that way, but by the time I was going through college and Vietnam was taking place, my ideas changed. Okay. And it kind of went from there. It was not uh, based on religion. It was based on moral reasons. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to like get into maybe like personal stuff. But did you did you clash with you know some people during that time because of your views and everything? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I clashed every day. I was I was went to radar school at Great Lakes Naval Station outside Chicago, and there were some lifers, as we call them, you know, people who were in the Navy for a career who mm. just didn't like what I was doing at all. And they would always be telling me to get my hair cut and whatever. But I had a book, which I bought called GI Rights and Army Justice. And I, it was like a Bible for me. I knew exactly what they could do and what they couldn't do. Nice. And um, actually, when I got out, I gave that book to somebody else and I heard later that he got out. So that, oh, wow. I felt oh, wow. good about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But yes, wow. they, they would harass you. They would, you know, one, one, guy, one guy said, where are you from, Hayes? And I said, Chicago, but I'm going to California. He says, yeah, that's a good place for people like you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, You're with all the hippies. No, yeah. They, were, they had no monopoly on uh, intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a hazism right there, man. Yes. You, never, you never hear. I'm gonna, can I borrow that if I credit you? You, you can steal it. Go ahead. <laughs> you don't have. Can to. I? Can I ask? I don't know if, if maybe you remember this, but just just on that, what was your senior quote? My senior quote. I think it was uh, a line from Doctor Strangelove. Uh, when they're in that big war room. And the president says to two guys, I think, I think George C. Scott is uh, wrestling the Russian diplomat. And he says, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's the quote I used. I don't, I don't remember. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so going back to teaching, uh, what is, what is something about being a teacher that no one, no one prepares you for? Mm. Wow. A lot. Um, there's no way to prepare for who your kids are going to be and what they're going to be like. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, um, <laughs> You know, I, I, I got a master's degree, so I knew something about English and literature that I would have some knowledge of what I was prepared to teach and talk about. But nobody prepares you for kids' attitudes about learning. Uh, nobody certainly prepares you for the administration's attitude about how you should be teaching kids. And... I was lucky because my students, my students kept me a teacher. That's awesome. Yeah, they did. They they kept me going. I felt as if it was a good thing that I was there. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> did you um? Did you ever have like a? like a Jaime Escalante kind of mm. moment in your career, like whether it was like a, a whole class of students or one individual student. And, and how do you mean a Jaime Escalante? I well, know who he is. I, I mean, how do you mean that? Uh, well, like kids that were, I, I guess, maybe oh. uh, like not interested or were, you know, maybe on the verge of dropping out and you oh, like yeah. swooped in and turned it all around for them. Um. You know, I've always kept in mind that every student I had had at least four other teachers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that those teachers obviously had to have an effect as well. I do remember one student, um, I won't say his name, you guys might even know him. Um, he came into my class one year 
with a lot of anger. He just seemed angry. Sitting I apologize. That's great. And his last name was Guevara. Oh, yeah. And I was having a tough time getting him to get involved. He wasn't, you know, lashing out at me necessarily. He just seemed very angry and not didn't want to be there. And I decided, I don't know where this idea came, how it got into my head, but I, I walked over to him once when he was, you know, kind of fussing around. And I said, look, um, I, I think that you, you could be an anchor in this class, but I need to be able to rely on you because I think you have leadership qualities. Can I call you Che? Like nice. Che. <laughs> and his whole attitude changed from that point forward. Wow. Just, just that one little moment changed everything. That's all. That's all. You know, it, it's not a spectacular thing for me to do but I think he just wanted somebody to listen and somebody to respect him a little yeah wow that's it that's all it took yeah uh, now I don't know what he was like in his other classes but in my class from that point forward he was there he was in it that's that's so awesome of you to have recognized that and and single him out because you you're standing in front of you know 30 40 people at a time and to be able to to feel a vibe coming from one person is just, I always thought, how can you connect with 40 people in one shot? <laughs> really, really, I always I, yeah. I always admired that. It's, it's you have 40 different people looking at you and we have two eyes looking back at us. And you always wonder, does this guy know, would it make a difference in this guy's day if I wasn't in this class? And we always, I, I can speak for myself, probably Tyler as well. I always felt seen and heard in your class. Mm, so good. That's that's just huge that that you have 80 eyes looking at you and you're two eyes looking at 80, you know, at 40 people. It's just massive that you were able to to identify that. Well, I, I think you're you're hitting on something important for people who listen to this who might be interested in becoming teachers. You cannot do that all at once. You're absolutely right about that. But it is also very important to see each student as best you can as an individual person. Yeah. They have their, their own likes, dislikes, beliefs, hopes, dreams, nightmares, whatever. Yeah. And it's, I think it's part of your job as a teacher to find out what those are. So that then when you're looking at 80 eyes, you at least know what some of those eyes are all about. Yeah, that's, that's massive. And unfortunately, um, in a, in the public school system, Eric, I, I don't know if you agree with this, but you're like the only one that I've ever heard that from, or even like, like took the effort to do something like that. More, more so than most, absolutely more yeah. so than most. I, I, I don't know, man. more so than that's, most, definitely. That's really kind of too bad because I think, I think we all should do that. Yeah. 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 Um, I, 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 I some would do. I'm not, I'm not trying to slam anyone here, but I wanted to ask you, what as, as a teacher looking at, at 80 pairs of eyes, what is the best and the worst type of student to be in a classroom? Um, Just from a teacher's perspective, and, and you don't have to name names. I know, you know, Tyler is obviously one of those kids that you see on the roster, and you're like, shit, man. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, that never occurred. I, I, both of you guys, I, I always enjoyed having you in my class. You're smart. You know, and you were interested. I mean, thank you. The check's in the mail. That's, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's the best kind of student to have. Somebody who's smart and interested. I don't know what else. Uh, anybody who is truly, truly disruptive, uh, who makes it hard for the other 78 eyes, that's somebody which, who is probably difficult to deal with. Also, somebody who just doesn't care, doesn't want to do anything. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't stop trying to get through. Uh, you never stop that. And hopefully, 
sooner or later, probably later, maybe you do get through a little bit. And, and it doesn't have to be me. It can be some other teacher they have. See, that's the problem. It's just like, you never know what's going on in the other four or five classes these kids are taking. Sometimes I know because they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, okay. know. I don't know whether I answered your question. You but. did. No, absolutely. You did. Absolutely. You did. Um, a lot of people think and, and again, you know, just dating an educator, I got to see this firsthand. A lot of people think that that teachers or people in education have it easy. They think they go in at, at eight and get out at three and they have vacations off and, and all these you know, holidays off. And and really, they're putting in the bare minimum. But in reality, what does it look like to be a teacher? How many days and hours do you work? I mean, people don't realize that you guys are grading tests on weekends, working through holidays, spending money out of your own pocket on things that are in the classroom. How does it really look? Like how many hours are in your day and in your week and all that? That's an excellent question. Um, it definitely isn't the former. Uh, you are, when I'm, when I was teaching with the exception of maybe winter and spring break, uh, it can be a seven day a week job. Uh, there's obviously the five days you're teaching, but you know, there's always stuff to work on. You have to be ready to teach the next day's stuff. You, in my case, I was always asking students to write journals. So I'm always going to be looking at those over the weekend. Uh, they I'm were sorry. important to me. And then, yes, you're right. And then, of course, when you have a writing assignment, uh, there's all that to look at. Funny thing is, um, there was always a lot more to look at at Granada than, say, at some other schools where I taught because a lot of kids wouldn't do the work. Mm. Granada, there was, there was more work turned in. And I, I had some classes. I had a, an honors freshman English class that I had kids in there that I called motivationally gifted. Wow. In other words, they just, when they wrote their journals, I have to get a 12 out of 10. I can't just get it. <laughs> and oh, I my. had to write back chill out, watch some <laughs> shitty crap on TV, eat <laughs> beer, whatever, just for Yeah. That was a different kind of problem. <laughs> but it is definitely a very consuming job. But if you really enjoy it, it isn't a chore. It is just yeah. stuff that you want to do, stuff that you do. Yeah. Okay. I, I think for anybody who is thinking about becoming a teacher, if, if you get into this and you find that you're really not liking what you're doing outside the classroom in relation to your job, then maybe you need to reconsider. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Otherwise, you become one of those teachers that sits there and says, I get paid by the hour. I don't give a shit. Yeah, well, I, I, I didn't know very many teachers like that, honestly. I think most of the teachers I knew were really, I thought, good. But yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know. But yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pretty fair, fair to say that that most of them care. But we've, you know, we've all had those teachers that, you know, just stand there and they're like, you guys just keep talking. I'm, I'm, I get paid by the hour. So we're good. Um, <laughs> did, did you have a teacher that changed like you're uh, like in high school, middle school, like in those, you know, formative years? Another great question. Uh, funny thing is, I think maybe the best teacher I had in high school was um, junior year when I took journalism. It was a combination English journalism class. And he was just, I, I just really enjoyed being in his class and I thought he was, was really good at what he was doing. And the odd thing, the incredible ironic thing is that when I finally had a chance to teach journalism classes at Granada, where you guys went, the textbook that I ended up finding to use was written by that high school teacher. Oh, wow. No kidding. <laughs> wow. No kidding. Not making that up. Full wow. circle, man. That's mm -hmm. awesome. It was, I, I had no earthly idea. You know, I just found this textbook and I, oh my goodness, look at that. 
<laughs> That's so yeah. cool. Um, have you, go ahead. Have, have you ever been a substitute? Yes. And uh, is that the, the nightmare scenario for a teacher to be a substitute? And, I'm, and I apologize. I don't mean to, to demean the, the profession. It's just they have. No, no, no. You know, you they, have, they, they get their licks, you know, those substitutes. Um, a lot of people prefer substituting because, you know, they don't have to do grades. They don't have to do tests. You know, they just those people, I think, are more along the lines of someone who comes in and just wants to collect 180 bucks a day or whatever it is. I do know some people who um, think that's the way to go. No matter who you are, if you're a teacher, on your conference period, every once in a while, somebody's going to ask you to cover somebody else's class. It's an intrusion because you usually use that conference period to catch up and do some work or whatever, or just relax. Mm -hmm. And then you've got instead to go cover somebody's class. <laughs> my, my experience with doing that is that the, the kids in there say, oh, look, there's a substitute. And they just want to talk. Replay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so... I was okay with that, you know, I, I would just sort of hang out. I do remember one year I had to cover a first period senior English class because its teacher was stuck on this, on this Simi freeway. Uh, and I mean, seniors, a couple of these guys were drinking coffee, a couple were reading newspapers. It's not <laughs> like they were screwing around, you know, they yeah. almost like they were waiting to get on the the train to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started asking them questions about this and that, and you know, what were you studying and what's it like and blah, blah, blah. And that was a really good substitution class that I had. But yeah, I think most teachers probably don't like substituting and don't like covering somebody else's class. It's but rough, it's, man. It's part of the job. It's what, what you, you have to do everybody has to do it <laughs> now on that note how did you react when you heard about from a substitute from your class how your class acted <laughs> oh god um, i have to i have to ask this they no, used, to, they used to leave him with a bill or something they're like <laughs> <laughs> for the therapy <laughs> most most times i didn't get much of anything um some subs would leave a note, we did this, we covered that. And oh, by the way, the guy in row number four in the back is an asshole. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I sat in row number four in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't know which period I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> but most of the time you don't hear too much. Every once in a while, uh, somebody would leave a note that said, God, they were really rowdy, blah, blah, blah. And then of course I come to class the next day and I get comments like, that sub sucked. Did you see his <laughs> nose? It went in three different directions. Oh my God. You know, that kind of thing. And they, they generally, generally didn't like it yeah. when the sub came in. Yeah. So. Not for your class. Not for your class. I mean, that was, that was, that was fun. That was our, that was our Mr. Hayes time, you know? <laughs> yeah. How dare you get sick? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like so, that. Yeah. So, so earlier in that, earlier we, we saw, spoke about a lot being uh, a word. Um, I wanted to ask you just, just the evolution of language uh, being an English teacher. What do you think about the new writing slang? Things like LOL and people writing T-H-O for the word ah. though. Does that just make you insane or, or have, do you adapt or how, do, how does that work? It's funny you should ask that because I actually had to address that uh, the last couple of years I taught. And I recognize that text speak is its own language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My deal was with people who used it, um, it's fine if you want to write that stuff in a free write in a journal, but when you're writing something, a paper or, or whatever, or 
writing an essay response to something, please kind of leave it out because that, that ain't where it belongs. Um, <laughs> but I do recognize that it's another kind of language. I wouldn't just put it down based on what it is. Um, it is amazing to me what kids today are growing up with, the distractions that they yeah. have that my generation never had. When I went to high school, no computers, no phones, couldn't wear jeans. Girls really? couldn't cur girls couldn't wear pants. Your hair had to be a certain length. Whoa. Um, no was smoking. it a religious school or is that a public school thing? I'm, was, I'm sorry to ask. It was a premier public high school outside Chicago. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but you guys, you know, you've got all these things of video games, just iPhones, computers. It's just amazing. Uh, and and the conduct and what's pat what what's passable to wear and what's passable to say in a classroom now is so different. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with it, but I am also impressed by the uh, the contrast between your generation going to school and mine. Yeah, how things changed. Yeah, no one's getting hit with rulers anymore, so that's good too, right? <laughs> were, were people still passing notes your last couple of years, or did that all change to text? You know, that's like phones. Interesting question, and I, I'm going to have a very bad answer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many people actually passed notes. I'm sure there were more notes passed than ever I thought. Uh, I saw. Uh, my guess is that <laughs> it's probably text a lot, but you know, I'm always on the. I was always on the lookout for phones. Yeah, and that's a, that was a whole thing at Granada because they asked you to confiscate the phone, and then yeah. the parent would have to come and pick it up, or whatever. And I always thought that was wrong. I, it, it's somebody's personal property. I had a box. You put the phone in the box, and then you can get it back at the end of the period, and I'll see you later. Mm. And it was always fun when somebody didn't turn it off, and you'd hear this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just blow the box up over there, huh? <laughs> yeah. But you can tell when somebody's using a phone because they're, they're looking at the lap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know. I'm sorry, but that doesn't have much to do with what we're about. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I saw something funny recently where, where a teacher would go to the front of the class and just keep talking and they would just turn the light off. And all of a sudden you just see a bunch of, you know, screens lit up. So he's like, okay, you, you, and you. Yeah, right. He's like, you, you, and you bring your phones up here. Wow. So, you know, I never thought of that. <laughs> you got to get creative, man. You got to stay, you got to stay current with these things. Yeah. No, I never thought of that one, but I, I, I don't think using phones was ever a big problem. I never thought it was. Yeah. Whenever I was, I, it was usually for research too, by the way. It was, you know, I was always looking up what you were. Oh, yeah. About. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is the age that we were in, it's text still cost five to 10 cents per text. So we didn't have unlimited texting. So it was still passing notes, but I think that was the tail end of the generation. Yeah. And it would take two minutes to get the letter you wanted. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 To yeah. press uh, W three times, uh, nine mm -hmm. three times. Um, well, Mr. Hayes, I, I, do you still have any of the notes I passed? I'm still looking for those. <laughs> yeah. No, I never kept them. Yeah, you claimed <laughs> them. I sold them on eBay. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> what would you say is your teaching philosophy when someone asks? Oh, just what the philosophy is? Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, to be honest, uh, I always kind of dislike that question. Um, I, I really don't know what to say about that. I guess, I, I think I said this in the first part. Uh, my, I considered my job to make myself obsolete to my students. If I could right. teach my students how to teach themselves, I was very happy. Uh, and my philosophy, I guess, would be geared toward that. Um, always be curious, always ask questions, 
I know that there are a lot of teachers who said that they don't want you to ask questions. And I think they're talking about being interrupted or something, but my God, if students can't ask questions, why the hell are they there? <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, I mean, seriously. Um, I, I was always hoping to get my kids interested in learning stuff and hopefully enjoying reading because I hated reading in school. I hated it. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. So I was- Is it because you had to or you just didn't like it? Uh, I think I didn't like it because I had to because they were telling me what to read. And then they never, they never got into literature very deeply. They'd never, it was all pretty much cut and dried and, and God, damn, I mean, literature is anything but cut and dried. It's yeah. subjective right. and interpretive, and whatever. Um, what's, what's something that you wish they did teach in, in school, in, in a, just a basic school? Because obviously higher education, it's more spe uh, specific. But what's something you wish they would teach in junior high, middle school, high school? Hmm. Uh, I know that there's supposed to be a class called life skills. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think what needs to be taught, and, and not just for high school students, although they are front and center, but a lot of the adult population of this country needs a couple of classes in common sense. Thank you. Oh, right my on. God. Oh. Mr. Hayes for president. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and, and I say this as someone who, at that age, high school had almost no common sense. Uh, I really, it took me a long time to acquire some, to grow up. Uh, it is amazing how smart kids can be and still lack common sense. And the repercussions of that for them are important. They're not insignificant. Uh, yeah. How to handle money. That's a good uh, one. Balance a checkbook. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. My first class at uh, Canoga Park, a, a guy came up to me, a student came up to me. He was a senior. And he said, I just got a checking account. Can you show me how to write a check? <laughs> yeah. And so I sat down with him and there were some other kids watching. <laughs> and of course, I said, OK, now I'm just going to use my name. So you're going to be making this check out to me. Now, how much do you want to get? <laughs> how deep are these pockets here? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's true. Like my sister, she's in her mid-20s now. She she does not have a checkbook. She does, she has no idea how to fill out a check. Mm. Yeah. Well, well it's, it's everything's sad. plastic. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, what do you find most frustrating about teaching? Oh, I think my frustrations were with the administration of uh, schools. Uh, after I left, I won't even get into Granada. Um, man alive. And I'm sure they felt the same way about me. Yeah, right. They're like, thank um, God he's gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but the last school at which I taught was Fulton college prep, which used to be Fulton junior high, but then they kind of turned it into a high school and middle school. And the principal there, honestly, twice, I, I wrote this down twice in a faculty meeting said, if you came into teaching because you had a passion for it, then perhaps you should be teaching somewhere else. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, this that is strictly for the reaction. paycheck. Yeah, that was my reaction. Wow, are you kidding me? And she would always say, if it isn't on the test, don't teach it. And by that, she meant the tests in April, the standardized California test. Oh, oh my God, man, wow. God. Yeah, she, she called me into her office one day after school because she had visited with a couple of people from downtown while I was teaching the difference between T H E I R. No, yeah. T yeah, there, there, and there. T H E Y apostrophe R E. Mm -hmm. He said, Why were you teaching that? And I said, Because these are <laughs> juniors and they are going to be trying to 
write essays for California state schools so that when they enter, they will not have to take a remedial English class. And if they don't know the difference between stuff like that, it'll show up on their paper and somebody will toss it into the wastebasket after the first paragraph. Of course. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I was so embarrassed. Oh my God. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, you offended her. Yeah, uh, I was embarrassed that they had oh. to walk in and see you teaching that. It's not on the test anywhere. Don't teach it. Wow. So that's where the major source of my frustration was. The disconnect between, and this woman who was a principal was, I, I don't mean to denigrate this, but she was a former phys ed teacher. Mm -hmm. she never <laughs> <taught> English. <laughs> you know, she doesn't know shit about English. So shut up. <laughs> Fair, fair. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, the problem with that is I think I, I, initially when you said it, I was thinking right away about teachers that, that maybe try to, and we've been hearing a, this a lot, and unfortunately we hear it from the news, so you don't know what the true story is, but there's a lot of what they call indoctrination and things like that, um, where a teacher will start talking politics and God in an in a, in a English class or in a math class. And, and do, do you think there's any place where a teacher's actual... Um, opinions in a classroom? Uh, you know, I am guilty of that uh, myself. I would talk a lot about what was going on, usually, though, in response to a question. Um, I always tried to answer questions as long as they weren't too personal. But if I stated an opinion politically about something, I would always try to say, don't take my word for it. Right. Go check it out yourself. Right. If you see something that you think you disagree with me with, bring it back and we'll talk about it. Because I'm not infallible and this is an opinion. But what I want you guys to do is think a little bit more about what's going on outside this campus. It's yeah. important. Mm -hmm. um, I I know that there are a lot of people who think that teachers indoctrinate. Uh, I'm sorry to use that word. I didn't say it to offend. That's just what, you know, <laughs> in, in media today. No, honest to God. No. That's just what's in media today. They're saying they're coming yeah. to indoctrinate and um, critical race and, you know, all these things that are hot topics right now. I know. I know. But, you know, you're right to use that, that word. Don't, don't apologize. Um, I, do, I don't honestly think that's what's happening. If you're talking... If you're relaying facts and you're telling the truth, you're not indoctrinating. You're indoctrinating when you're throwing out propaganda. Speculation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think. Um, on, on a lighter note, as, as I was compiling this list, I, I just wanted to ask you this just as a teacher, because we never thought about it as students, but when we're watching a movie in the class, we're in there with you for how long is the period? Like 40 minutes, 50? Uh, no, it was, it just, it just seemed like 40. It was actually three and a half hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the battery's fast on the clock. <laughs> yeah, I think it was 57 minutes. So, so for the 57 minutes, like mm -hmm. we didn't think about you having five other periods and having to watch the same 50 minutes five other times. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that until I was out of high school. I'm like, man, this guy just had to watch, I'm just saying, you know, um, uh, Gandhi, it, like six different times, you know? <laughs> what, is, know? what is that like? Do you just start mouthing the, the scenes in the back of the class? <laughs> <laughs> I think that almost every movie I ever showed classes I'd seen before already. Right. But there is something very uh, nice about the experience of watching a movie that you like or that you think has something for students to learn, find out, and sitting there and watching that with them. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I have always been uh, very happy to watch something I've seen that somebody else hasn't seen if I like it a lot because I want to have that experience. It's kind of vicarious. They're watching it the first time. And I know what it felt like for me to watch it the first time. And so I, I kind of hope that they have that kind of experience. And to go through it five times in one day, um, 
that's okay too. But most of the times it isn't five times, it's uh, two or three because you have different level classes. Right, right. right. Uh, so how many times I, have you seen Fahrenheit 451 at this point? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> I had probably seen it four or five times before. <laughs> yeah, there are movies which I can probably just start quoting lines from right now. And that would probably be one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so interesting hearing you say about about seeing someone else's perspective on a movie that you've seen. It 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 really as you were saying it all I could think about is Tyler. I I think Tyler you're the same way, right? I mean, how many times mm. have you seen a movie for the first time again with me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, or God, for me no. to see it for yeah. the first time i mean yeah so psycho 2 psycho 2 is what comes to mind right away <laughs> mr hayes do, you, do we talk about psycho 2 the last time <laughs> no <laughs> no we didn't but we should <laughs> we should how do you Eric feel about psycho, psycho 2, 2? <laughs> i don't think i caught psycho 2 obviously i see oh God. One many times but a friend of mine at work when i was at universal was telling me about psycho 3 Mm-hmm. Yes. It's really funny because, <laughs> you know, at, at a certain point at Universal, you're going to bump into people. And we were talking about it and bingo, the elevator doors open and there goes Anthony Perkins. Wow. And, oh. Uh, oh, it was just weird timing. But yeah, right. what are the odds? His favorite line <laughs> from that movie was, uh, would you like another toasted cheese sandwich, mother? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which always made me laugh. I mean, I said it. you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. what would you say are the biggest challenges students and teachers face today? Wow. Uh, I haven't been in a classroom now for, uh, God, I don't know how many years, at least 10, probably. Um, I don't know uh, what it's like. I, the challenge for any student is I suppose that from their perspective, the challenge is always grades now. Um, And there's always a big push to get into the best college, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, That doesn't necessarily serve anybody well. Uh, My experience, really is 10 years down the road from college, it didn't matter so much what college you got into. I mean, if you're gonna be a big time lawyer, you go to Harvard and Yale, I get that. I get the business shit and all that. But just for a general education, and there's so much else that happens in college other than being in a classroom is what makes it important. But it's not for everybody. Uh, Challenge for teachers, I think, is to reach some of those things that I spoke about in philosophy, a teaching philosophy, getting kids interested, um, teaching them how to learn, teaching them how to think. Yeah. Just getting them to be lifetime students because anybody who really enjoys teaching is a lifetime student. You are never, ever too old to learn. And if I remember one day somebody said, we were trying to figure out what, would it be good if you knew everything? Somebody asked. And you know, there was general agreement. Yeah, that would be great. And I said, no, it would be <laughs> awful. <laughs> because then you wouldn't want to know any, you wouldn't have anything to learn. There would, there would be no mysteries. There would be nothing for you to find out. I said, mm. It would be boring. That's yeah, true. Unless you had a lot of uh, a weed and some really good video games and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that would, that's, that's not where it's at. I mean, I'm always looking to learn something because I know there's a lot more that I don't know than I do know. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what you have left on your list, Tyler. I've, I've uh, three more questions. I just want to ask you um, if, if you don't mind, and I know this no. one may, may spark something for you, but um, can you describe the worst day you've ever had in a classroom? Ah, you don't have to. I had, I, I taught at Van Nuys after Granada for two years and 
I had a, <laughs> they tried to keep me, I, I won't go into why I never had tenure with the school district, they're, they're idiots. Um, anyway, yep. I had a class, I, I was forced to teach biology because they didn't have an English class for me, but they were trying to keep me on the faculty. I didn't even have biology in high school. Oh, I had God. never taken one day of biology, and now I'm going to be teaching it. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I got a copy of the textbook, and I just tried to stay ahead of them, like, you know, <laughs> one night at a time. One class <laughs> I had was, was like 19 students, and 15 were guys. Yeah. And it was, it was ungodly. It was very difficult for me to manage. And one day a guy just walked into the classroom from outside. He wasn't even going to school at Van Nuys. He just knew somebody in the class. He sat down and started talking like none of us were there. What? What and the hell? I, Yes. Anarchy. This will make you appreciate Granada and its relative stability. Um, <laughs> so I walked over to him and I said, excuse me, but this, you're not in this class, you need to go. And he stood up. And got right in my face. Oh, shit. Like, Fuck you. I can do whatever I want, motherfucker. Oh, my and God. I said, you're going to leave. And I, I didn't move. I said, you're going to leave now because you don't belong here. And you're, you're disrupting this class. And a couple of guys grabbed him and walked him out of the room. I Thank God. Whoa. I don't know what would have happened if it had just than me, I probably would have had to get on the phone and call the office and deal with them until somebody showed up. A couple of the students grabbed him and walked him out of the room. That's right. They walked oh him out. He was yelling the whole time. I, I, think oh, I think he was crazy. But I thank the students. Um, that was the, the one time where I felt like maybe there's something going on here which is out of my control. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, but he didn't have any weapons on him or anything like that. He was that just, you know of, that you know of, yeah, you know, yeah. of, but he was entirely obnoxious. Yeah. Um, the the other question I have, and this is a little off topic, but I'm just curious, just because I'm curious about you as a person, if you could have dinner with anyone living or dead ever, mm. who, who would you want to have dinner with? Oh, brother. <laughs> and I know it's Marilyn Monroe, but but just give us, you know. <laughs> no, <a story. laughs> no, it is not Marilyn Monroe. Uh, although she was apparently very bright. John um, Kennedy liked her. Well, he, liked a, he liked a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many people to choose from. Uh, whew. It's a tough one. Maybe, maybe a writer, maybe, maybe somebody like Shakespeare, um, okay. or maybe uh, there's just way too many people I admire to pick one. There's mm. so many uh, great minds that I would try to. It would. I would be talking to someone because I wanted them to tell me stuff I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever that was. Tyler well, Eric and I are free on Friday if you yeah, want. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you want to show about dinner with us. I, I, would be, I would imagine there are things you could teach me. I had no doubt. In my mind. Not a doubt. No. Tyler, for you, would it be John Carpenter? <laughs> I, mean, he, I mean, I guess he'd be in the running. You're talking uh, about the, the film director? Yeah. 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 That's, I think it's one of Tyler's heroes other than me. Um, well, yes, you're number one. Oh, that's something. <laughs> oh, I absolutely. I'm a huge mod fan. Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, then there are all the, the writers and directors I could think about. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, the, the final question I have, and and I think it's a clear answer is yes, but that's from my perspective. Just asking, asking you, do you feel like you've made a difference with your students? Uh I sure hope so. Um, and I hope I haven't made, I hope I haven't been a deciding factor for somebody unless it's in a positive way. 
Um, I, I still like to think all of my students had a whole bunch of other teachers. And it's more along the lines of what did all of us contribute to that person? What did we give that person? Uh, if, if I got somebody interested in reading or somebody interested in learning or somebody becoming a student for the rest of its life, then yeah, that, that does it for me. That's awesome. Yeah. You definitely, you definitely made a, a, a massive impact on, on Tyler and I. Um, yes. On our, on our ends. Yes, definitely. Tyler at me on as a preposition. <laughs> oh, God, he got you. Yes, it's come full circle. I said, so hey, I set it up, man. I set it up for him. Yes. I, I, I put the golf ball down. He just whacked it, right? You <laughs> definitely made a, a massive impact on, on, on us. And, and we do talk about you all the time. And we we were in a magnet program. Anyone that's uh, listening that doesn't know, it means basically we had the same group of morons in, in all of the same classes. So yes. <laughs> so Mr. Hayes, every yeah, it was copy and paste. Every teacher got the same 20 of us. And, and yeah. Mr. Hayes is our hero. He's our legend. Like he's yeah. on our Mount Rushmore. It's just him four times. Um, <laughs> we, we, we don't really want to talk to any teacher other than you. I mean, yeah. truly. You guys yeah. are, are way too kind. Thank you so much. And, and in the future, if you'd like, I'm just going to throw this out there. I know you're a big book guy. I assume you're a movie guy as well. Sure, definitely. If you would want to come on and do an episode where we just talk movies and books, Tyler's all about that. I would love to be a freaking fly on the wall and just, and just hear you guys go at it and chime in with the random nonsense that I have also. <laughs> sure. I'm not, I'm not that up on the horror genre. Um, a few. That's fine. Yes. But anything else, uh, I'm there as far as movies go. Right on, Beautiful. right on. Uh, Tyler, did you have any other questions? No. Well, are, are we going to do uh, Song of the Day? We're, we're going to do Song of the Day, but I just wanted to give Mr. Hayes just a minute uh, pitch for himself. So um, it, was there anything other than Song of the Day? Not for me, no. no. So, so I just wanted to ask, and, and this is something you told us off air, and, and you don't even have to, to acknowledge it if you don't want, but you were saying that you were trying to get into tutoring and, and um, like, I guess, private tutoring, right? Yes. So a lot of people on our show are, are around the age where they might need a service from you. Do you want to give any information for them to contact you or just have them just read a book? Um, if they contact me directly, sure. Uh, I am not doing anything through that tutors.com site because of the reasons I gave you. Of course, of course. But if somebody contacted me directly, I would certainly at least talk to them over the phone. If it was something that, that I could help with for 10 or 15 minutes on the phone, I would certainly do that. If it's something uh, more extensive than that, we could certainly talk about it. Uh, I have yet to tutor anybody, but I'm sure I could probably help. Okay. Um, I wouldn't give a phone number on, on the, on the podcast itself, but it, would mm -hmm. it be okay if I set an email or, or is there any information you'd like to give? If not, it's not a problem at all. I just, you know, um, uh, I can give you my email. Yeah. If you want to, if there's an email that you would want people to, to send, um, uh, a contact request to, sure. uh, what, what would that email be? Okay, it's C-A-W-R-I-T-E-R, -E like California writer, at yahoo.com. Perfect. So if anyone's looking to reach out, if anyone wants you know, to be blessed by the best English teacher there's ever been in Tyler's <laughs> life, I don't know about mine. I've had some good ones. Mr. Smith, you know, uh, Miss... Uh, this other one uh, <laughs> but, no but really chill went up our spine <laughs> ca writer at yahoo.com if anyone wants to reach out and and get a little bit of tutoring done or help for their their kids or anything like that if you want him to read your manuscripts or that's true like that. yeah um what was the other thing i wanted to say um, i'm trying to think was there anything else tyler song of the day 
Song of the day. Song of the day. So, Mr. Hayes, what we usually do, the very last thing we do on these episodes is, is we ask people what their song of the day is. Uh, if you don't mind, we'd love to know what your song of the day is. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give you the title of the song that I would want people to play at a memorial service for me when I croak. Okay. And okay. It, what makes it really interesting, it is from the movie Life of Brian. Uh, of course <laughs> oh. it is with Monty Python mm-hmm. and the song is always look on the bright side of life. I love that. Great. <laughs> I love that. What about you, Tyler? Let's go with bad moon rising by Crane's Clearwater revival. Ah, I love that song. Well, now I feel like an asshole because yours was so uplifting. Mr. Hayes. I was going to say paint it black by the rolling stones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like both your choices. <laughs> always been a big CCR fan and the stones love the stones. Perfect. Yeah. Right on. Thank you so much again for your time. We we absolutely want to have you on again. Maybe not as an interrogation or interview, but, yeah. but honestly, more of a casual. On, yeah. More of a casual, absolutely. And we could talk about movies and and you know we could grade a paper together on air and laugh at you know their mistakes and all that. Oh my whatever gosh! You want, whatever you guys want to do, I'll be there. Right on. Thank you so awesome. much, and uh, we will see you all in the next episode. Hit up Mr. Hayes, ca writer at yahoo.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you. Okay.